Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies, ways to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have another Singularity University guest, Aaron Frank, and we're going to be talking about virtual reality and augmented reality applications. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, yeah. thanks for coming. Um, virtual reality, augmented reality is, uh, you know, it was around for a long time. It's, it was quiet until just a couple of years ago, and now it seems to be uh, taking the world by storm. There's headsets everywhere. It's uh, common topic of conversation. So so tell me about um, the work that you're doing in this realm. Yeah. So it's interesting you, you mentioned this idea that virtual reality, it's true that it's it's been around for quite a while. Um, so sing, at Singularity University, one of the things that we look at in the development of technology specifically, and if you've, you've spoken to, to some of my colleagues, they you know, may have shared this as well, is, is this idea of exponential growth, this, this compounding in uh, performance gains over time uh, that we're seeing in a lot of information technologies. And I think virtual reality is, is definitely one of those sort of iconic examples of that. You know, it's, it's been around for, for decades, uh, but only in the last few years have we really seen it uh, take off. Um, and, and that's really as a result of a lot of the underlying uh, components that go into it. Uh, so at Singularity University, we're really looking at uh, both the, the technology itself, you know, what's happening with the hardware, uh, but we teach our students uh, most most of our, our focus is on what are the ways that we might be able to use virtual reality in a business or startup environment um, to, to use the tech uh, to do interesting things out in the world. And I think what's what's really exciting about virtual reality is it's giving technologists and entrepreneurs uh, new tools to do to do some pretty fascinating things. And so we're we're looking at what some of those application areas are and, and teaching people about you know, some of the ways they, they might think about using using these tools. Yeah, so it's a you know, it's a big subject. What is uh what's your focus? What attracts you most about it? What are you working on in particular? Yeah, so so I spend a significant portion of my time as a journalist. So I write so I'm I'm out in the world. I use I use tools of journalism uh to go out into the world and see what what is it that's actually happening. Uh, so I can bring that knowledge back. Um, and, you know, I spend, I do spend another significant portion of my time teaching and, and speaking about, about what's happening. Um, and so, so I, you know, the way I approach virtual reality at the moment is I, I just use it all the time. I have a, I have a headset here in my uh, apartment in San Francisco. Uh, I'm constantly trying to keep up with what are, what are some interesting ways people are using it. And then, I've been I've been writing about it uh, for a few years now, um, and actually my first my first journey into the technology wasn't as a journalist, but uh, I actually built my own virtual reality. I guess I would call it an application. And what what initially drew me to the technology was a few years. So actually, in 2012, so it was the first year that the the first development kit for the Oculus Rift came out. We 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 were able to get one of those early devices. And the first time I put it on, um, I, I thought about 
how, I mean, what, what struck me was just how immersive these environments were. And at the same time, uh, for, for some other unrelated reasons, I was, I, I was getting thrown into these situations where I was being asked to do public speaking. And I am not a very comfortable public speaker at all. I've just never, it was not a skill I've ever had to develop or learn. Uh, no one's ever coached me or trained me. And, and there were a few in situations in, when, in which I was just thrown onto a stage in front of a room of people and told to talk about uh, something Singularity University was doing. Um, and I struggled. I was, I was really nervous. I had, you know, the shaky leg. I had the quivering voice, all the, the hallmarks of nervous public speaking. And, and so when I first put on the Oculus Rift, the thing that struck me was, well, what if I could practice in there? What if I could recreate the, the social pressure of being on stage? So that was, that was actually the first, the first thing I thought about. And so I, I worked with a team of developers to build a very, a very basic version of that. But that was, that was my, my first uh, real journey into the technology. Yeah, it's interesting because I thought the same thing. So are, is there a commercial application now where you put on the, uh, the headset and there's an audience in front of you that's sneering and throwing tomatoes that you can practice in front of? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, there's, there's dozens of, uh, of startups working on that specific application. Uh, I can't. I I was I was looking at a few a few months ago. I forget the names of them, but there's they're pretty easy to find. Uh, but that I think that's an application area that that a lot of people have looked into. There's a there is a startup. Um, I met I met the co-founder at an event uh, a few years ago called Fearless, and and the whole concept is anything that you might be scared of. Uh, whether it's public speaking or you're scared of heights or you're scared of spiders or whatever it may be, um, you know, research shows that selective exposure therapy, you know, exposing yourself just beyond the level of discomfort of whatever it is that makes you nervous can actually help you overcome those fears. And so uh, virtual reality is a, is a great tool um, that, that people are, are starting to think about using to, to actually actually help people overcome fears like that. Uh, and I know one of, one of their areas they were looking at was public speaking. So, so yeah, there's, there's certainly beginning to be a, an ecosystem of applications and, and products like that, helping people uh, get more comfortable in, in scary situations. Yeah, it's interesting because you, you think virtual reality is only for pleasure stuff, you know, um, gaming, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. But, but I mean, fear of heights, uh, fear of public speaking, spiders, I mean, all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah, it would be very useful for that. You wonder if, um, I don't know if people would use it on their own. You know, they may have to be um, companies that kind of guide you or bring you on a guided virtual reality experience for certain things in order to get you to do it. But it would still serve a good purpose. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think what's what's really one of the fascinating unknowns about the technology right now is where where's the split going to be between in-home truly consumer VR, what you know, what will people be doing at home and what will be safe for people to do at home versus what are these dedicated, you know, virtual reality spaces where people have to show up and there's a, you know, kind of a a guide to to help you navigate through some more let's say let's call them significant or, or immersive 
VR experiences. And and one and 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 what's interesting, one of the one of the industries that's adopted the technology in a really incredible way, you know, beyond the, the obvious gaming and entertainment applications is uh, is healthcare. Uh, you know, virtual reality being used in in hospital environments to do anything from uh, reducing pain. Uh, it's been shown that uh, in the case of burn victims, <clears throat> if you actually give a burn patient uh, a virtual reality environment where they're made to, you know, be inside of a, an Arctic world and there's snowmen and penguins and, you know, you know, ice everywhere, it actually reduces uh, pain at the same rate as, uh, as an opiate. Uh, and so uh, we're also seeing VR being used in end-of-life care or in hospice care to, you know, calm patients or soothe patients who, you know, otherwise wouldn't be able to, to leave, you know, their, their hospital bed environment. Uh, and so, so like you're saying, you know, these, 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 VR, these VR platforms, when you have someone there, you know, helping you or that's there for a dedicated experience, you can do really interesting and powerful things. And, and the healthcare industry is is one area where it's, it's been fascinating to watch the ways in which they've integrated the technology into, into their practices. Huh. Yeah, that would be uh, really interesting. Um, I could, you know, I just imagine a driving school where, you know, they require you to do uh, some VR driving training. So it's safer when you first get on the road, you know, you're familiar with it's a great, uh, great idea. Yeah. Yeah, I went yeah, to um, just, CES oh, sorry, Las Vegas, and they had um, they had an interesting one. You know, we'll get to this in a second, but FLIR, the company that does um, infrared cameras, they had a VR experience where um, in your hand you had a an infrared camera that you could look through while you're in VR. So you weren't really looking through it, but you were. So you could see Whoa. the room, but the infrared camera lets you um, see the heat signatures of stuff. There's a, a boiling kettle on the stove. and they're like footprints. Um, so it was weird. You could have levels of VR within VR. It was, it was very interesting, you know? Wait, so how does that work? So they hand you, they hand you a device that you have in your hand and you're in, you're in a headset, but you're mm-hmm. pointing the device in the, at things in the physical world. You're, you're in the VR experience. Like you're in a log cabin in, in the wilderness in a cold area. So when you're in the VR, now the the objects in your hand, they can make them do anything. So one of them was an infrared camera. So when you're in the VR experience, you hold up the object in your hand, and it now is an infrared camera, but in the VR experience. Oh, got so it. In got real it. life, it's not, but you know, but it was pretty cool. cool. You yeah. could look at yeah all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. that's very interesting. I don't know what you call that, but I guess you can give people superpowers within VR or uh, things that they couldn't normally see. Um, yeah. Like my, a, a classroom with uh, microscopes in VR that, you know, not real microscopes, but in the VR experience, they would be. So it's, I guess that's reality within yeah. reality. You know? My, my colleague, uh, Jody Medich, who, 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 who looks at, she's also on faculty at, at Singularity University and really looking at um, some of the applications in, in augmented reality, um, talks a lot about how, because the application you just described uh, seems like it would be a great fit for something uh, like augmented reality. Uh, you know, you imagine you know, human beings don't naturally have uh, infrared vision, but if you put on a, 
you know, an augmented reality headset, something, you know, unlike, unlike virtual reality where you're completely cut off and immersed inside this isolating uh, headset environment uh, with augmented reality where you can still see the world around you, uh, something like what you're describing where you, you can actually give yourself infrared uh, vision. That's, you know, that's not, that's not something that a human would naturally have. Um, so, so Jody Medich, who, who, who thinks about this kind of thing is, is, is looking into, uh, you know, augmented reality as a platform as well that, that would give humans superpowers like the ones you're describing. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I guess a, um, a low end version of this was like is Minecraft. You know, in Minecraft, I thought you could do classes in there if you wanted to, you know, using uh, redstone in Minecraft to build circuits and things like that. Um, but you could certainly do it within a virtual reality environment. You could have classes and quote unquote hands on experiences, all kinds of stuff where you can manipulate things in virtual reality and, uh, you know, make things or learn how things work. So I could see it has uh, tons of applications potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What What are some um, other interesting ones that you've seen? You know, what are some amazing applications you've seen? Yeah, well, I was actually going to ask you if you've uh, if you've come across uh, it's it's a it's a platform called the Void. It's it's one example of one of these out of home, you know, high infrastructure installations. So what I mean by that is it's it's a VR it's a VR Space that that the entire infrastructure, the building, the the walls are all built with a dedicated VR experience. Uh, and so the way the way it works is you show up. They get, it kind of it, it, the the environment kind of resembles if you've ever gone to a laser tag uh, place where they give you know mm-hmm. there's kind of a lobby and in the lobby you put on you put on all the gear and in this case the the stuff that you put on is a backpack equipped with a high end computer. And they give you a headset, and then in the, the the version that I tried, they handed me a like a like a video game gun, um, and and it was made to simulate a Ghostbusters uh, simulation. And so then you go into a physical room or a physical building, which has you know if you see in your VR headset that there's a couch, if you reach out into the room, there would be an actual physical couch there, uh, and then you can oh. do things like. You know, at one point they made you feel like you were walking outside on the ledge of a building on this, you know, high-rise skyscraper and there's helicopters. So there's like the sound of the helicopter. There's a huge fan blowing air on you. So it recreates the the sensation of actually feeling like you're outside on the skyscraper. So so the point is wow. that when you, if you bring the full installation, the full physical space along for the virtual experience, it um, completely immerses all five of your senses into the virtual world. And that for me is, has been one of the most powerful VR experiences I've seen. And, and I think you'll see a lot of people start to have their first VR experiences, not, not with their own dedicated headsets at home, uh, but at, you know, entertainment venues and entertainment places uh, like this. Um, so that this one in particular is called the void, uh, but there, there are others. Uh, that are that are looking at doing this type of out of home VR experience. So that's that's one I think that's been uh, pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because once you have the VR headset on, you know you don't want the person to walk off, you know, out of the room or into a wall or any of that. So putting physical, you know, making the room 
um, I guess, augmented within the virtual reality experience would work better. You know, there's a couch there, there's a couch, a wall is a wall. Yeah. So the person can walk around and uh, engage more senses, but not, uh, you know, hurt themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and what's what's interesting about that is is what I've learned uh, pretty pretty dramatically with my own in home. So I have a, I have an Oculus Rift in my in my bedroom, um, and and some of these uh, one of some of these these gaming environments that that have you moving around and moving your hand. I've I've smashed my hand on the side of my dresser so many times now uh, that you know it's pr- it's pretty clear that the the physical space that is, I think one of one of the the killer you know, areas to unlock for, for making really compelling VR uh, in any industry, doesn't matter what industry you're thinking about, is how you design the physical space in which you're actually going into virtual reality. And I, and I you know, I think the in-home, you know, bedroom experience uh, is going to have some, some hiccups because of things like, you know, do you have enough space? You know, how, how does the design of your room look? Um, where you don't have some of those constraints at, at some of these out-of-home places. Um, but but just like you're describing, it matters how you design the physical environment in which you go into the into the, the VR space. You um, you know, you would think that one version of this is that everyone becomes you know, like a mummy. They're at home all the time. VR. They're not in the real world. They're you know, it causes like societal problems. Do you see that happening? Do you see that with your own yeah. experience? Or is it, you know, yeah, VR is cool, but the real world is much better and I'm not, you know, sucked into it constantly? That's a great question. That's a really, so I'm, I'm very, okay. So I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, It is, it is something to be concerned about because it's, okay. Uh, I had this experience. So one, okay. So one of the most interesting or compelling VR experiences that I probably spend the most time in is, uh, it's a platform called Altspace. It's a social VR platform. So what they're building is, if you've ever been in Second Life or any one of these, you know, multiplayer online worlds where you you get an avatar and you can navigate inside these worlds, uh, what Altspace is building are ways for people who use virtual reality to go and do things together. So so what this means is I can be in my bedroom and I and I put on my device and I can uh, go into a, a movie theater. And watch, you know, watch YouTube videos or watch videos with, you know, people from all over the world. Um, I have a few friends that, you know, there's actually one one of my friends in San Francisco. I mean, this is maybe getting at your question. I I rarely see him in real life. Like he's one of my good friends, but we just we don't catch up that often. But I do see him in alt space. We'll like make a point of just sitting in our bedroom and, you know, going and hanging out in in alt space. Um, and and I think what you're what you're right to point out is I've noticed in myself if I spend you know a significant amount of time in there it gets to a point where it's just it's too much I need to go outside I need to I need to find real human contact um, yeah you know there's there's something about the the digital pixelated versions of interacting with people that's just it can get kind of dark after a little while and you you do it does I think create this uh, desire for real human contact and real you know you know interaction so i think you're right to point that out um and it's an interesting uncertainty about the where this could go i guess what will happen is it'll be like everything else there'll be 
a certain small subset that are doing it constantly and, you know, it becomes like a sickness and for the most part people will do it to a certain point, but nothing really can replace actual interaction in the real world. So it probably will be okay, but I would guess I think people you're will right. worry and, you know, there'll be addictions and stuff like that, but maybe no worse than anything yeah. else. I think you're right. I think that's a fair assessment and and, and you're right. It's just like everything else. Um, and what's what's you know interesting about that too is like no one's really built the truly you know viral VR experience, the one that everyone's you know taking part in. There aren't. I mean, these if someone unlocks a VR experience that is you know and unlocks, I mean like creates some VR experience that is truly addictive, that is truly immersive to the point where people, you know, desire to spend more time in that environment than something outside, um, which you don't even need VR for. We already see that with things like uh, Warcraft. You know, Warcraft is played on a 2D screen, uh, and there are people that that is more compelling of an experience than, than almost anything else they might otherwise be doing. Um, so once that comes, once something like that developed for, for VR, it's, I think, I think it, you know, it could be could be something people want to spend a, a, a really, you know, significant amount of time in. Any other um, VR experiences? Uh, maybe talk more about AR. Uh, that just you're amazed that that maybe is not commercial yet. You know, maybe even um, you just heard about it, but you were like, whoa. Yeah. So, well, I'll, I'll, so there's one other commercially available VR experience that I think is I, I always talk about as from a design standpoint is one of the most compelling and interesting VR games I've, I've ever played. And I, and I started talking about this and, and people pointed out that it's actually a very old game. It was, it was developed before, uh, before VR came along, but then they just, so the game is called super hot. I'm not sure if, if you're familiar with it. Um, but they, but they created a version for virtual reality. The game itself is just really well suited for VR and it's one of the most, so basically the, so, so the way the game is designed is it's a, it's a first person shooter, but, but what's, what's interesting is that the characters in the game who you're made to, uh, shoot or, you know, defeat only move when you move. So you as the gameplay, as you as the character, control the flow of time time does not move unless you are moving so in vr what that means is if you you know you see a group of you know there's three people in front of you and there's a gun to to your right you have to be clever about how you reach for that gun and you have to be really efficient with your body movement and you can go you know you can go really quickly and move at full speed but that means that the characters in the game will move at, at full speed or you can go really slowly take your time um and and what this means is that you're controlling you're controlling movement in, in you know three three dimensions, but then you're also controlling the fourth dimension, which is the flow of time, and and it creates this additional element to the gameplay that creates this level of strategy that's really fascinating. And then the VR component means that your full body is in, is immersed in this, and it's just it creates. It's 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 one of those things. It's hard to explain without actually seeing it or experiencing it. But but it's a game available for the for the Oculus Rift. That is, from a design standpoint, one of the most incredibly designed VR experiences I've I've tried out. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. What's it called? The game? 
the game is called Super Hot. It's Super out hot. of a, a a Polish game studio. Um, I know that the game was originally released on. I be, okay. I I don't know the gaming industry very well, but I believe it was a, a PC or desktop PC game. Um, that they just created a version for VR that's just. I mean, you have to dodge bullets. It's kind of like matrix bullet time you're you know you're you're trying to move out of the way of these bullets moving in slow motion or or at at full speed if you're moving at full speed so it's it's kind of like it's like a body puzzle it's moving your body in the most efficient way possible while you know shooting people i huh. guess very okay. very interesting very interesting so um since you have a wider view of the industry than a lot of people what's coming for this year and maybe the next few years, what do you see that's going to be the big change or advancements? Yeah, I think I think it's it's kind of it's it seems like we've hit a bit of a lull just in the in the last few months in terms of what you know what's being developed. I think a lot of a lot of people are are pretty familiar with the the hardware that's available and so a lot of the work happening right now is just around okay so what are what are the ways in which we can use use this um some really clever some really clever ways uh you know i th- i think i think one of the things that is the most useful way of using virtual reality is as a communication tool um and and as a way of not uh, as a way of conveying ideas so so maybe the most clever um example of this was a company in the Netherlands um that I had a chance to go visit that uh so so this company is called uh the Arab Group they they are a a consultant for the built environment so what that means is they work with architects or urban developers to design physical spaces so you know you may not think about uh you know cities spend a significant amount of time figuring exactly you know figuring out exactly how wide to make sidewalks down the street um, and there's you know how many people do they plan on walking there you know how wide do the streets need to be so that cars can make safe you know right-hand turns or you know trucks that need them these these kinds of questions are really quite challenging and so this is a company that uh, specializes in designing uh, the physical physical infrastructure of the world so the way that they're using virtual reality is, is quite interesting so they they uh, built what's called a mobile audio lab. So it's imagine this like 10 foot high by 10 foot wide box that you get inside. And inside of this box is a, a, a full suite of stereo systems um, that are you know completely surround you in, in, in all directions. And hanging from the middle is a, is a virtual reality headset. And so what they've built is essentially a fully immersive audio and visual VR box. It's like a little reality box. And what's 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 really cool about it is a lot of the design work they do is around uh designing physical space uh that has implications on acoustics. So if they're building a library or a coffee shop and they want to, you know, give the their their clients a, a flavor for you know, here's what here's what our coffee shop will look like if we put, you know, the quiet space on the top and people are allowed to, you know, you know, have conversations on the bottom floor. Here's what it'll look like and sound like from the top floor. Um and when you when you do that in VR, you get a fully embodied experience of what that's like. 
um, as opposed to what, and they said, you know, what this used to consist of, you know, just a few years ago is we'd sit our clients down in a room and we'd, you know, show them PowerPoint presentations or, you know, at most, uh, you know, a, a 3D printed model or, or, you know, a 2D blueprint of what it would look like. Now, we don't have to describe what what would happen. We can, you know, actually have them step into the physical and audio uh, version of the reality that we're building for them. Uh, and so all of that is, is meant to, to convey this idea that what virtual reality will be really good at and, and companies will start and are, are starting to use this is it's a really compelling medium to convey ideas. Uh, so car companies that want to show you exactly what your car is going to look like with, you know, your personalized interior and your, your you know, all the features that you add to it. Um, you know, Lowe's, the, the, the home improvement store, is, is working with Google Tango uh, to map, you know, people can now fully digitize their interior of their rooms and they can use, you know, augmented reality or virtual reality to, you know, to see exactly what their, their, their home would look like with, you know, that couch or that toilet or that sink or that, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so, so as design, a design, yeah. Yes, exactly. So I think that's, that's probably some of the most exciting application areas is, is, and and one last example of of you know a way in which it's it's been used is the the Golden State Warriors if uh, you know if you're an NBA fan uh, the way that they one of the the tools that they use to recruit um, uh, Kevin Durant you know one of the most highly sought after free agents uh, last summer when he was you know he was unsigned was when he when he came to the Warriors they they basically threw him into a, a virtual reality environment and showed him. You know, here's what it's like to drive over the Golden Gate Bridge. Here's, you know, here's what it's like inside the locker room. Here's what it looks like in the stadium on, on game day. Oh, cool. And and from that, you know, they were able to show him exactly what the experience would be like as a as a player. So as a so as a tool of yeah. conveying ideas, I think that's that's something that's that's really exciting about it. Okay, makes sense. Well, there's there's tons more to go after and uh, talk about, but um, I think we'll you know we'll wrap for now, but. What um how can uh, listeners experience what you're learning about what you're seeing and you know get a, v- a virtual sense of your sense of the virtual reality world what's the best way for them to connect with you Well I would so so in terms of uh you know what I would encourage people who are interested in in exposing themselves to virtual reality there's a lot of really low cost ways of doing that uh you know there are, there are headsets available for, you know, anywhere from $5 to $20. Google Cardboard is a, is a great example where, you know, you just, you, you can get a Google Cardboard for, for not a lot of money and then download some of these VR experiences just right onto your cell phone or your mobile device. And, you know, the, the device slips into the headset and you can mm-hmm. start to get an, you know, a sense for what that's like. Uh, the next, the next thing I would recommend is people keep an eye out for, a lot of these out-of-home entertainments, you're gonna uh, you're gonna see a lot of VR experiences showing up in shopping malls uh, around the country uh, this year. And just to answer your last question, I think I think this year the big thing coming in this space is out-of-home VR experiences. So so VR experiences that require you to to leave the home, sort of like the arcade version. And so a lot of that's yep. going to be coming to to shopping malls and and places. So. Um, and then in terms of, you know, staying connected with me, I, I do a lot of uh, writing and journalism. Um, my, my Twitter feed is, is, is a good way people can, can keep up with that. It's just at Aaron D. Frank. 
um, on Twitter. And then Singularity University is another, uh, you know, obviously a, a good resource where I'm doing a lot of um, my my writing and speaking. And uh, they've got they've got programs and and you know people can check out. Um, but that's uh, just su.org. Uh, people can go on the website and see you know what what SU has to offer that that might be interesting for them. Byron, this has been great. I mean, like I said, there's uh, there's still tons to talk about, but you know, thanks for your insights, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting what's happening with uh, with virtual reality and augmented reality. So thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks, Richard. I appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to connecting in the future. You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.